Thank you for downloading The Pursuit Podcast. For more information on The Pursuit, visit thepursuitsoco.com. How do you know God's doing something in this season? He is, there's something going on, there's something stirring, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it, and I don't want to see it fade away either. I really believe that he's doing something new. He's doing something that he's preparing the church to be able to sustain and it not just be a flash in the pan and gone, something we, you know, remember years and years from now. Um, So we're just going to spend the next few weeks, our preaching team, just talking about what it looks like to sustain a move of God, what this move of God looks like for us, how we can participate as believers, how we can participate as the pursuit, and just kind of our role in that and what we believe God to be doing. Is that okay? All right, so let's pray real quick. Jesus, help Elijah. (laughs) Only your words, God. Let only your words be heard. All right. Uh, Turn to Mark 7 if you want to follow along. I'm just going to get a little passage of Scripture here real quick. We're going to go verse 1. All right, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, so it might be a little bit different for you. All right, Mark 7, verse 1. One day the Pharisees and certain religious scholars came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. They were shocked to find that some of Jesus' disciples ate bread without first observing the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating their meals. For the Pharisees, like all other Jews, will not eat without first performing a ritual of pouring water over their cupped hands to keep the tradition of the elders. Similarly, when returning from the marketplace, they would ceremonially wash themselves before eating, and they also observed many other traditions, such as ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the religious scholars asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the age-old traditions passed down by our elders? They should first ceremonially wash their hands before eating. And Jesus replied, you are all hypocrites. How accurately did Isaiah prophesy about you phonies when he said, these people honor me with their words while their hearts run far from me. Their worship is nothing more than a charade for they continue to insist that their man-made traditions are equal to the instructions of God. (laughs) You abandon God's commandments just to keep men's rituals, such as ceremonially washing utensils, cups, and other things. Then he added, how skillfully you've become in rejecting God's law in order to maintain your man-made set of rules. Whew, all right. That was a fun one to start with. (laughs) So what was happening here is the Pharisees come up to Jesus, and they ask him why they're not doing this ritual. Now, this ritual is something that was not in the original law of Moses, okay? It was not in the Torah. It was something that had been passed down from generation to generation, and it was symbolism. What it was is it was saying, we are a separated people even though we're occupied by another country. It was actually a separation saying, we are a people of God, and anything that is out here, we're going to wash ourselves of it. Okay? We're, we're a people of God. And so it's not, it wasn't a bad thing. It was making a declaration that we are a separated people of God. And so they come to Jesus and they go, why aren't you doing that? And he's like, are you serious? I'm standing right in front of you. And 
And what's interesting is this is the spirit of religion. Putting our man-made traditions over Jesus standing right in front of us. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he goes, in the next chapter, he starts, begins to talk to them because it was this idea that you could be tainted or you could be defiled by things that are external. And so there was this washing, there was this separation, and Jesus comes on the scene and he says, oh, no, 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 no. You can be defiled by nothing, only what's in your heart. And if in your heart is man-made traditions over me standing in front of you, then that is actually what's defiling you. And so I have a fear, just going to put it out there, that during this next move of God, we are going to be doing that to this next move of God. Where we will look back and we will turn what are supposed to be memorial stones into gravestones of today where we will look back and go, this is how God did it before, and it must be how he's going to do it again today. When he's standing right in front of us and saying, no, I'm moving like this. And I think that we as a church have too often put the traditions that make us feel safe and comfortable around and say, this is what God's doing. Now, granted, if you look back on some past revivals, when they started, they were not safe and comfortable, right? Jesus came on the scene. God's presence started moving. You talk about like Brownsville and Toronto and, all, and it's just people getting whacked. God's just blowing up churches, really. You know, like I remember being 13, 14 and our church, I was, grew up in Reading at Bethel and we went from like 1,500 people to like 300 in like six months. And God, so it wasn't safe, but now, because we know what happened and we understand it, now it is safe. And so I think what's happening right now is God is beginning to move. There's a lot of people that are looking back and saying, okay, this is how we measure a move of God. They're looking on the measurements of the past and saying, this is how we decide if this is actually a move of God or not. And that's just not what God's doing. I mean, I, I can remember, so I am a product of the 90s revivals, okay? I just am. I look back on that um, season, I was 13, 14, 15, all the way up early 20s. That's when all that was going on for me. And there's just some moments, guys, that freaking marked me. That I, I look back on, I'm like, I would not be the same person if that didn't happen. If my parents hadn't stuck it out with those 300, if they decided that this move of God was too scary, and, and a lot of their friends and a lot of my friends did. They just, this is too much. And I look back and it, it's so shaped and molded who I am. And some of the deepest things in my heart I'm sorry, this is probably going to be a pretty emotional message for me, okay? It's been a vulnerable week. It's shaped me. Like I, I went to school of ministry because of those moments. 
even though I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> I learned a lot about my giftings and my callings and who I am. There's just so many wonderful things that happened. But about, I don't know, probably it's been a decade or so ago, every time I would hear a preacher talk about revival, every time I would hear them say, you know, we're just contending for revival, we want to see it come, I, I'm not exaggerating, I would actually get physically nauseous. I was like, like that word triggered a 10-level pain experience for me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on in my heart because when I look back, I see the amazing things that it did in my life. And then God spoke to me and he said, the reason why you feel that way about that word is because you're actually seeing it through your pain. You're seeing it through the pain of some of the fruit of what we called revival, which was broken families, laying down families at the feet of a meeting, spending too much time, in my opinion, on the floor at church rather than on the floor in your kid's bedroom. And I was seeing it through my pain. And I realized in this moment, guys, I, I don't want to miss this move of God. I just, I really don't want to miss it. I feel it in my heart. This is the one. This is the thing that I believe since I was five years old, I've been burning for without even really knowing it. And I have a fear, a personal fear, that I will miss it because when I see it come, all I'll see is my pain. And that I will be resistant to this move of God because it comes with pain. I had a moment, um, maybe a month ago, I was prepping for our fitness class that we do on during the week and I walked from this side of the stage and I began to walk over to the door there and as typical for me like I'm here by myself I don't have a lot of time by myself you know four kids and all you never know you had too many until it's too late you know what I'm saying <laughs> just kidding 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 oh oh that's true Oh, gosh. She's trying to get me to adopt always, either a puppy or a kid or something. She's like, can we get chickens? We need more things. I'm like, enough. Sheesh. <laughs> but as is usual for me, I'm just playing some music, worshiping, just kind of trying to spend a little alone time with the Lord, trying to just get my heart right, ready for the day, and... Um, I'm walking from over there, and I begin to walk over here, and <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed by his presence, and I'm telling you, this has never happened to me before. Overwhelmed, and tears streaming down my face, and I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm, and it's, it won't stop. 
just, it wouldn't, like 20, 25 minutes, it wouldn't stop. And I'm sitting in that room listening to, and it's just pouring down my face. And I could feel in that moment, what if this never stops? And in that moment, I could feel my pain rise up. No, I will not do that because that's weird and that will affect my family and I refuse to lay my family down at the feet of a meeting, at the feet of revival. And I could feel the pain trying to squash what God was doing in my heart. (laughs) And then the next Sunday came And there was a moment in worship that I hadn't felt in probably 15 years. And it was his presence all over again. And and the joy of it, guys, man, the joy of it, just so much joy. And at the exact same time, so much pain. And I could feel him in that moment. I could feel him in that moment. Saying, I know it hurts. (laughs) Like, I get it. I know it hurts. I know that this is painful. I know that this comes with all sorts of other things. And I also know that this is what you want more than anything in life. Is this presence. And I could feel him say, hey, I'm with you. We're going to go through this together. He wasn't afraid or he wasn't, you know, it's like, it's almost like I felt he would be angry that I had pain uh, associated with his presence. <laughs> I mean, it feels like that shouldn't be a thing, right? And it's, it's probably a lot of guilt in that, probably a lot of shame in that for me, that I was experiencing pain in his presence, I'm sorry, that just was my experience. So there may be some people who disagree with me that that's even possible, but I'm telling you what my experience was. I had pain in his presence. And there was something about that. He, he wasn't afraid of it. And he's like, we're just going to go through this together gently. And I think for many of us, there is pain associated with, let's just call it, let's call it church, <laughs> okay? Let's, let's just call it church, revival, God's presence, whatever you want to call it, but let's just call it church for now. I think that there's pain in it for a lot of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, there's pain in it because there's people in church, so there's pain, <laughs> right? People, that just happens, okay. Where there is people, there is pain. And I think that sometimes we are resistant to what God is doing because it is also coming with pain. And if we don't identify and begin to process the pain in it, we are in danger of becoming cynical to what he's about to do. And we'll begin to judge it. And so there's two sides of these coins. Like, if we're only looking back, 
and, say, and seeing what he did that was good, and we're trying to place that on today, then we'll miss it. And if we're only looking back and seeing the pain of what he did, and we bring that forward in today, then we're going to miss it. And so we have, to, we have to, in order to participate in this thing and sustain it, we have to be thankful for what he did, process the pain of it, acknowledge and participate in what he's doing right now, and then long and dream for what he's about to do and not place any of those things on God, what he can and can't do. Because I believe we are called to steward a move of God, and I'm going to speak directly to this house because this is a culture thing. We are called to steward a move of God. But the question is, what is that? What does it look like today? And I've said it a lot of times, but I felt like in that moment when I, when I said, God, I don't understand why the word revival hurts so bad. And he said, it's because you're looking at it through your pain of broken families, broken homes, choosing meetings over family. He said, but that's not what I'm doing this time. What I'm doing this time is healthy relationships, healthy families. And I know there's a little bit of pain in that probably because we don't, all of us don't have healthy relationships and don't have healthy families. But there's good news. Jesus is in the business of reviving dead things. And isn't that the whole point of revival? To bring to life something that was dead or broken. And I think he's begun to develop this in my heart a little bit more. Because yes, it is families and relationships, but it, if that's going to happen, it has to start here. It has to start with me. It has to start with like a personal reviving of what is dead inside of me. And unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know, that's what's happening to me right now, and it is painful. There is pain involved with looking at what is broken. There's pain in looking at what is dead inside me. Because there's a lot of stuff that's broken. And so it's like, I, I have to address my pain. I have to address my trauma. I have to get whole and healthy in my spirit, soul, and body. But I think the most important thing, and all of that kind of goes in it, the most important thing, and I said this a couple weeks ago, is that I must find my shape and be okay with my shape. It's like, what is your shape? When I talk about that, it's basically what is your identity. Who are you? Hmm. So I realized that, like, if you want to see revival, find a whole bunch of believers who know their shape, are secure in it, and are helping other people find their shape and be secure in it, too. It's as simple as that. Because that means I'm not afraid of your shape. <laughs> if I'm okay with mine, I'm not afraid of yours. And I'm not afraid of your shape to succeed. Amen. Right? And finding your shape is all about identity. And, like, I think sometimes we, we go, like, identity, there's such this ambiguous word. Like, you just need to find your identity. And you're like, mm, okay, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. It's like when you say you just need to get healed. And people are like, 
okay, how do I do that? Right? But identity is pretty much, do I matter? And do I matter to you? Am I important and am I important to you? And we all desperately need to feel like we matter to God. That we are important to his plan. But it doesn't stop there. If we are the body of Christ, we also have to know that my shape is okay in your shape's presence. That I matter to you. And you matter to me. All right? It's getting quiet. <laughs> I'll just read a quick scripture here. Okay, Romans 12, it's verse 6. It says, God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, activate your gift by using the portion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving, serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage each other. If you have the gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of sowing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of con compassion. Excuse me. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. <laughs> despise evil and embrace everything that is good. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family and try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. That looks like revival to me. <laughs> you know, it's really hard to offer any sort of consistent and sustained identity to other people, basically saying, your shape matters to me if you don't have yours figured out. You can do it for a little bit, but eventually you're gonna find somebody that you wish you were their shape. That's just how it is, I don't know if you... And, I mean, I tell you what, everyone needs to feel like they matter. Matter to God and matter to us. Yeah, God's doing a pretty deep work in me around identity and understanding that, you know, there's many people in our world that you may be the only person in their life that shares with them and shows them that they matter. There's a lot of losing identity out in the world. I mean, there's a lot of it in this room. I mean, let's be real. A lot of it in the church, too. We do oftentimes, especially Christians, I believe, we communicate to people that they don't matter. That unless they are something else, they don't matter. <laughs> Once you become this, then you'll matter to me. <laughs> I think that this next revival, this next move of God is going to be corporate expressions of his presence that move us 
to release identity in the world and tell people that they matter and they matter to him. You know, Bill Johnson had this. You probably saw it. He had this great analogy about fishing. When you, when you fish with a fishing pole, you are fishing for fish that are hungry, right? Like you bait a line and the ones that are hungry come and get, come and get it. But when you fish with a net, you gather fish that weren't even looking to be caught or looking to eat. And I feel like past moves of God have been fishing pole. Like there were people that were coming to look for Jesus or look for something, right? They were coming to these doors, even like the Jesus movement, all is just like they're looking for something, they're hungry for something, but that's not what's about to happen. What's about to happen is a net where people who are like, I don't even know I was looking for something, are all of a sudden pulled into this family. And the thing is, is that each one of us, knowing their shape, is a piece of that net. And we cannot throw the net if we don't know our part of the net. And so I believe that it is our duty, if we are going to steward and sustain the move of God. It's our duty to look back, be thankful for what he did. Look back, not ignore the pain, but process the pain. Let him gently walk us through this season. Acknowledge what he's doing today. Find our shape. Encourage other people's shape. Get whole, get healthy, and then cast the net. All right, stand with me. Is that all okay? There's probably a lot more I could say about it, but I just want to pray for us all because I think that um, in these next few weeks, there's going to be there's going to be some healing. I think in the next few weeks, anybody wants some healing? I do. There's something going on in here. Can everybody feel it? Some tension, huh? There's a little tension. Mm. You know, at least when there's tension, there's movement. <laughs> Jesus. I just, I want to do a couple things here. I think <sighs> I want to speak real quick to um, those of us who have some pain. Um, there's handful of people that I can feel like your heart has been extremely guarded like you could really resonate when I was talking about the presence of God and how that comes with pain I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or anything but if this is you I just want you to receive for a sec As Father, I just ask that you would come and heal. 
fact, guys, I know that that processing pain is a, is a huge thing and for us and what we're trying to do in this culture, but there are supernatural moments where he just comes and heals. And I believe that this is one of those moments. There's some people in here that actually, as I'm talking, you are picturing a face of someone that hurt you. Like you can see, you can see that person. Let's ask God that there would be a grace in this moment for forgiveness. There'd be a grace in this moment for deep, deep healing. Man, I just feel Jesus stepping into those moments with you. <laughs> I hear him saying, it's okay, we're going to go through it gently. <laughs> we're going to go through it gently. but I feel like Jesus is, um, he's just saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that my presence brings pain. And I think there's a whole bunch of people in here that are just really, really questioning their shape, their questioning identity, their questioning, do I matter? And do I matter to you? I think the Father just wants to take a moment and let you know how much you matter. Your shape matters. <laughs> Your shape matters. I want us to say, as the leader of this house, your shape matters to me. Your shape matters to me. It really, really matters. And I see you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your healing touch. Thank you for your presence, for your comfort. And I just say, I'm along for the ride, God. I want what you're doing now. I want, I don't want to miss out. I want to be a part. And this house wants to be a part. So use us fill us, flow through us, that we would change this city. 
bless this house. Bless everyone that's here. I just ask for a rest-filled week. That <laughs> all the weariness would just fade away. That your six hours of sleep would feel like 20. That you would have dreams, wonderful, beautiful dreams about his goodness. And I pray favor on you everywhere you go. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all so much, and we'll see you next week. Okay? If you uh, need some prayer, I'll be up Thank here. you for listening to The Pursuit Podcast. For more information about The Pursuit, visit us at thepursuitsoco.com.